0: Welcome to the Indisputable Podcast,
1: where we shoot the shit about indie music that has come out in 2018.
0: My name is Travis Carlow.
1: And I'm Michelle Evanant. How are you today, Trav?
0: I'm good thanks. How are you?
1: I'm great, thanks. So, which album are we talking about today?
0: We are talking about Arctic Monkeys' 2018 album, Tranquility Based Hotel and Casino.
1: Would you like to kick us off with why we're listening to this, how you got into Arctic Monkeys and what they've meant to you over the years?
0: Yeah, sure. I guess I got into the original wave of Arctic Monkeys hysteria when their first album, Whatever People Say I Am That's What I'm Not, kind of smashed every musical record that has ever existed since like the 60s. And I got swept up in that that because they were really good and they were Which
1: year was that? That's
0: 2006 when Mm. that album came out.
1: So how old were you then? Uh, 15? Okay. Yeah, I was 13 that
0: year. Cool. How did you get into that?
1: Um, so I first remember listening to Arctic Monkeys when I was about 14, 15. And on weekends, me and my best friend would hang out at her house and play our guitars together and then fall asleep listening to random tracks on a playlist she had and some of those included tracks of arctic monkeys first two albums and then i started listening to arctic monkeys um, more consciously i guess when suckered and sea came out in 2011 and ever since then they've been one of my favorite bands um yeah so i think because yeah (laughs) Because we're going to be talking a little bit about um, how different *Tranquility Base* is to the rest of Arctic Monkeys' discography, maybe we should chat a little bit more about, uh, yeah, why we like Arctic Monkeys and like what sort of some of the landmark moments over the years.
0: I guess. Do you want to start?
1: Yeah. So um, I think that Arctic Monkeys is. Um, Yeah, they're definitely um, one of the biggest names in um, sort of uh, classic rock in our generation. And yeah, they sort of like started out kind of like wild thrashy rock music and then over the years they polished that and polished that and polished that until um, in 2013 um, they released A.M. And I would say that... To me, that album was kind of a cutout for, like, the perfect example of what a new album should be. Because it took their sound, it polished the fuck out of it, and just moved it in a new musical direction with sort of, like, heavier bass and sort of, like, more focused... Melodies and a more focused structure. Yeah,
0: they left the realms of like British indie rock and kind of created what I think is one of the most perfect examples of what uh, I guess typical American rock and roll would be. Yeah,
1: yeah. Except they're a British band.
0: Yeah, but they they killed it. Yeah. Um, and that that's kind of always been the story of the band. Um, a lot of the direction in the band comes from their drummer Matt Helders, mm. and He was the one who sort of originally steered them away from where their first album was. Because that was kind of sitting in the like uh, loose and wild rock slash pop scene.
1: It almost felt like, um, yeah, they almost, I don't know that much about sort of British culture, but it feels like oftentimes the people who kind of make it in the music industry often have pretty um like privileged upbringings, a lot of them like sort of like go to fancy private schools and have the resources to um, yeah, the time and money for equipment that leads to them uh, making a lucky break later run. Um, this is
0: where I play a four in the background or something like that
1: <laughs> Yeah um, but with Arctic monkeys, I don't actually I have I don't actually know um, that much about their actual backgrounds, but their lyrics um sound a lot more sort of quote unquote middle class. Oh
0: yeah no they're a very lot more
1: scruffy, back alley.
0: No, they're lower class, middle class, East Londoner, Sheffieldish boys. Yeah,
1: like the type of slang they use and the type of things that they sang about on their earlier albums.
0: Oh god, the like some of the most beautiful things in their first like three, four albums. Yeah. That Alex Turner wrote. Yeah, so Matt Helder's, Matt Helders, their drummer, kind of led them away from where they were. Because at the time, uh, Alex Turner particularly was a huge, like, DJ-ish, club-ish, pop-loving sort of guy. Um, And other members of the band were very similar. And Helders kind of steered them away from that into those, like, indie rock years. Um, I haven't read anything about their changes for AM, but I guess he probably had a big influence in guiding them towards that as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, so, yeah, the albums that um yeah so between whatever people say i am that's where i'm not i mean that's what i'm not and then like
0: favorite worst nightmare
1: yeah favorite worst nightmare and then humbug. humbug and then um the next album that kind of stands out to me is suck it and see where they take some of that wildness and kind of dial it back a little bit suck it and see is like more chilled, more relaxed and a lot of the tracks on that album are like love songs whereas a lot of the tracks that they previously made were kind of fight
0: songs um wasn't that really only their first album? i wouldn't say i like guess so humbug or yeah
1: that's true actually
0: very fighty
1: yeah well yeah so um well dangerous animals is pretty fighty and then like songs like uh crying lightning is a love song too but it's very very angsty so sure. yeah um but yeah second and sea was a lot more mellow is the word that I'm looking for. Okay. And then AM, they kind of, like, yeah, um, it was Sorry. almost like they fainted with succulency and then AM, they came in with this massive blow of, yeah, heavy, heady, high rock. Um, and it kind of, like, uh, blended this sort of, like, the love song with the, the angst to form this, like, very kind of hormonal, um, <laughs> I would say, music and yeah, as I said before, really polished and yeah, um, and it felt like they had taken everything that they've done before um, and just polished it so that, and made it a much more distinctive sound. Um, and so AM is now kind of the. Um, I hold other albums up to AM for like what a new album should be in terms of like development of the band's sound. Yeah. That's my ideal when I listen to a new album. I always kind of hope that this is gonna be a band's AM.
0: I I, I I quite like the progression you can usually see or like you can chart in a band. Okay. With like a whole bunch of different bands, you can see how they transition from one sound to another. And with Arctic Monkeys it's like really easy to see. Hey, album number one like really big bold sound uh number two kinda wishy-washy transitioning out and then you land on humbug and you've got this like very rich indie rock sort of groove worn out and then you go into something like suck it and see and you can see okay we, we're moving a little bit again
1: experimenting a little bit oh sorry
0: on humbug we're moving a little bit again and then you get suck it and C, and you've got like a unified sound again yeah. um and then again with am which was like a big shift um, which is cool.
1: Yeah. But I guess I think, that
0: sadly lands us with Tranquility base. Yeah.
1: Well, before we move on to that, I think like a good example of that progression that you just talked about is Cold War Kids. Sure. Um, yeah. When we reviewed um, LA Divine, I did compare it to Arctic Monkeys and I said, this is kind of like Cold War Kids' AM because yeah, the earlier stuff was like very wild and thrashy. And then over the years they started polishing it and then there were like there were a bunch of transition albums and EPs where like they were clearly trying to um sort of like strip down and um yeah add different elements but very transition phase and then LA Divine was finally that like destination point um so yeah a lot of bands kind of yeah they have like initial albums and transition albums and then the finished product you could say um Yeah, (laughs) and then we get Tranquility Bass. Do
0: you have an elevator pitch for it?
1: To be perfectly honest, Tranquility Bass sounds like Arctic Monkeys frontman Alex Turner called up Noel Fielding um, to do a collab episode on the Mighty Boosh in which Vince decides that he wants to make space elevator music his raison d'etre and Tranquility Bass sounds like the soundtrack to that episode of just Vince Noir um, singing to himself in a space-themed elevator for 45 odd minutes. What would your elevator pitch be for Tranquility Bass?
0: Uh, Mine would be something like historic indie rock band picks up their fandom, their fans, their uh, collective community, and throws it under a fast-moving bus.
1: Or um, maybe shoves them into the stream of a um, retro UFO coming to abduct them and take them on a ride that they didn't opt to go on.
0: Maybe, but that's too cool and this True. is more of a doom and gloom.
1: Yeah, we like the X-Files. Mm. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, would you like to talk about some trivia about this album before we start discussing high and low notes? Sure, go for it. Um, yeah. Well, my first trivia fact, which I guess I'll say because you mocked me for not knowing this, but Tranquility Base is actually the name of the spot on the moon where, um, the, um... The U.S. spaceship with Neil Armstrong and Apollo Buzz Aldrin, 11. Apollo 11. That's the one where it landed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. What would your trivia fact be?
0: Uh, that this album, Shock Horror Gospel, was not uh, conceptually thought of and written on a guitar, but instead on a piano. Yeah. By Mr. Turner, the fucking clown. <laughs>
1: I guess that's an explanation for the song structure being different. Uh... <laughs> sure. 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 Um... Yeah. I mean, do you have any high notes about no. this album? None?
0: I'm, I don't have to listen to it again. <laughs> that, I guess.
1: You know... It for- doesn't
0: take up any space on my phone anymore. Wow. I won't have to worry about running out of space on my new MacBook when I install music there. Because this won't be
1: there. Let it be known, folks, uh, whatever you may have previously thought, Travis Carlisle holds no bias. He will drag his favorite band.
0: This is, oh yeah, I didn't say this. This is probably my favorite, favorite, favorite Yeah,
1: band. Arctic Monkeys is your favorite band.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah, and you will not hesitate to drag them if you feel they release a shit album. Nope. Um, yeah, I think we have different views on this. Um. And this is, I guess, where we can devote some time. What I mean,
0: like, argument. you have a high note.
1: You know, my high note is. Um, you I like have,
0: pianos? There's one.
1: I love pianos. I, I didn't hear any on this album, or I don't didn't like re, like memorably notice any. Um, so that's not my high note. Um, my high note is. You know what? I have to hand it to Alex Turner for following his wild dreams, you know? Um, I would have preferred it if he'd kind of jettisoned them into a kind of a side project or maybe, uh, you know, written some music for a sci-fi TV show instead, but you know, I have to hand it to him for following his dreams and like... Yeah, it's impressively off the wall. I didn't know that he had that much weirdness in it. So, uh yeah, I mean, A plus for effort, but that's kind of my only high note. Um, let's talk low notes.
0: How much time do you have? <laughs> do you know that shit that John Lennon recorded with Yoko Ono?
1: Um, I actually haven't
0: heard it. That's this. Oh, okay. That's this, for anyone wondering. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, um... For me, it's just... I find it so astounding that a band that can release, like, such reliably good music... Like, they haven't had a bad album. They haven't even had an eh album. Like, all of their albums have been fantastic. Some more fantastic than others. But, like...
0: Listening to this is like having been a Nirvana fan for my whole life. Then realising that Courtney Love killed Kurt Cobain and now all that's left is Courtney Love making music. That's what this album is.
1: Isn't it, okay, you know what, like, let's not go into conspiracy theory. (laughs) Um, I feel like this isn't the podcast for that. I feel like YouTube would be the network for that podcast. Um, Yeah.
0: But yeah, like, seriously, the, the low notes don't stop for me. I... As a person who loves this band and has bought the majority of their music and supported them for many years, like, goddamn, it's like it actually feels like being thrown under a truck. I, I feel so terrible for people who don't stream their music and who yeah, have decided who to trusted throw them
1: and bought this album. Would yeah, who decided
0: me? to throw ten pounds at this album when it came out, or whatever the fuck amount of money it cost. Yes,
1: yeah, like. like-
0: God forbid that's you, because you must feel like something lying in the drain. Oh man. Because that—that's kind of what Arctic Monkeys fans probably generally feel like if they also, feel anything like me.
1: I mean, like.
0: <sighs> there was no reason to even put Arctic Monkeys on any of this at all. Yeah. No reason. It but, doesn't
1: sound similar at all.
0: It, like if. a push you can put alex turner's name on it because he's a a solo person he could do whatever he wants and yeah he did write this damn
1: yeah
0: (laughs) there there is no saving lights there is no bright side of this album for me
1: yeah i mean i also feel like um i don't know because um yeah i haven't with with um older musicians i haven't really like listened to their discographies chronologically and compared all the albums but but i wonder if it's like a growing trend for bands um, albums to differ wildly from one another and for them not to have like a sort of more yeah a sort of more like a solid trajectory um so yeah like I wonder if that is a trend with our generation, um, but...
0: Another trend with our generation is that every band and, and their mom has a side project.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's like, true. I,
0: literally, if this was just a side project, I wouldn't feel if bad. Would be, I wouldn't care. If it was
1: a care. weird side project, I would be like, okay, Alex, go follow your dreams. I don't like them, but I'll be here for Arctic Monkeys next release.
0: Like if this was made by Talix Erna, great. <laughs> We're there. Yeah, But um, it's not.
1: Yeah also like in an age where a lot of bands keep like throwing curveballs to their fan bases where it's like yeah uh you thought you liked us guess again bitch like i really thought i trusted arctic monkeys i really thought arctic monkeys would be the last band to ever do this and now they've done it too and i can't fucking trust anyone
0: do you know who's never done this
1: who
0: blink 182
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh great i'll just go listen to them You'll be safe that was that was sarcasm um yeah man
0: but yeah that's i can drown on about this but that's the peak of my low notes
1: yeah it's, it's for me i just uh, what i love about arctic monkeys is catchy as fuck melodies very very clever lyrics and I didn't even these melodies are not catchy and Lyrics. There are some clever lyrics hidden away far down the track list, which I will talk about when we get to the mixtape track section. Um, but yeah. Um, so basically, like, none of... I've come to Arctic Monkeys for great melodies and great lyrics, and there are neither Songs of On like, this album, yeah. That's so, what a
0: is known for.
1: Yeah. I just find it, like, it's so confusing that um Arctic Monkeys would even release this. It's like
0: Calling yourself new like, age only gets you so far. And saying something can be revolutionary, not evolutionary, can also only get you also, so far. Also,
1: can we talk about how thematically tired this is? Like it was cool for David Bowie to make spacey music in 40 the 1970s. Years ago. Yeah. But it's like
0: Fuck, it's music 50 about years a hotel
1: and a casino on the moon is like it's ironically retro even though we don't have one yet it's like what are you doing are you trying to be futuristic or are you trying to be retro and
0: it's actually the jetsons uh, i've just realized
1: yeah kind of and it's it's just like i'm not entirely sure what you're trying to say because the thing is that like is it just me or is sci-fi becoming more and more popular of course as the years go by yeah it does yeah like mm, it almost feels like
0: a big push to do that yeah maybe actually yeah,
1: it kind of, like,
0: shoot on, shoot on, it's shoot like,
1: on. like, that's all I have to say, really. Like, it was cool when Bowie did this in the 70s, but it is neither novel nor interesting anymore. And I love sci-fi. I, until this album came out, I, I thought I was always here for sci-fi, but apparently not. But, like, this is very tired. Like there is
0: it's uninspired like literally listening to all of this it felt like there was minimum effort and an uninspired amount of work
1: it almost feels like a spoof on the genre yeah yeah um you know like i think that like yeah maybe this is like (laughs) i always do this thing when a band that i previously liked releases an album that i hate and i'm always like Well, maybe, uh, this is just a phase and they'll grow out of it. And their next album will be, like, they'll be back and it'll be better and we'll forget this ever happened. And that never seems to happen.
0: No, it doesn't. (sighs) It's like the number of bands I've had to throw out this year is getting scary. It's like Cloud Nothings, This, uh, what was the other one? Bring Me the Horizon. Cloud
1: Nothings' latest album was good, though.
0: (laughs) It's not Cloud Nothings.
1: Okay, I like it. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah well it's more recognizably loud, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> oh, Fucking yeah. nothing <laughs> compared to yeah. this um yeah um mm.
0: don't please don't are you gonna ask me when I can see myself listening to this
1: um no I was gonna think if I had any more like sick burns to unleash on this album but let it rest yeah man um Oi. <laughs> when will you listen to this, Travis?
0: Never. Yeah, it's off every device I own.
1: Um, I don't hate it quite as much as you do. I think like there is a place for this like in some in like some of my playlists as a concept album. If you're fucking
0: Sedicus, sure.
1: Um, I think I might like I don't know. I might listen to it again, ironically, or to laugh at it, or, um, yeah, I mean, maybe if I'm driving through the countryside at night and I want to make, keep myself awake and make my drive more interesting by thinking about UFOs, then maybe I'll listen to this again. Um.
0: That's what group is for, though.
1: That's true. (laughs) That's very true. Yeah, there's better music for that. Um, yeah, so ironically or laughingly, I will listen to this again. You better, but Probably you, not sincerely. <laughs> and also, not with you in the car. Because <laughs> you will jump the fuck out. Um,
0: also, don't ask me if I have a mixtape track.
1: You don't? Okay.
0: Wow, who would have guessed?
1: Ooh, so mad. I have a mixtape track, actually. Actually,
0: there's a, a half decent song on this album. There's but I don't a song called Science
1: it. Fiction that I like.
0: Oh, okay. I like. When I say like, this is a huge push at the world. Oh, yeah, no, it is. It, no, wait. Yeah, no, it is science fiction. Yeah, I like that one Oh,
1: high five. We like the same track.
0: Yeah, that that song's half decent.
1: Hashtag still needs. Um, yeah, I like science fiction because... Um, I do think that like science fiction is like the tiny little pocket of this album Um, where we do get to listen to Alex Turner's fantastic, beautiful lyricism yes. as well And um, it's not
0: hey, singing, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: no it, Yeah, like he tries to do this crooning, warbling thing But he just does not have the voice for it And also like the melody, like What's
0: wrong with how he fucking sang before?
1: if you want to be croony, like, there are better methods for that. Anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, like, Alex, go listen to some Lana, have a meeting with Lana, chat to her, maybe she can help you if you want to do croony, like, breathy stuff, but this isn't working for you, huh? Um, yeah, I mean, you can keep doing it on your own time and I will support you, um, but, well, not, you know, not with my ears and not with my attention, but ideologically i will support your right to make the art that you want to make even if it's crap but (laughs) if you keep doing this i'm not gonna listen to it jsyk um yeah so i really like science fiction um because i think yeah it's um it's like a simultaneous like it's a love song but um it's also kind of like an homage to the genre of science fiction which is my favorite fictional genre, so I love it. I actually really like science fiction, so I will put it on my stream. It tapes. And I will listen to it again. Um, yeah. But it would have been cool if this was a single, like maybe for a soundtrack or something. Like, <laughs> you know, um, maybe if, like, the Black Mirror producers asked Alex to write a track for them and he wrote science fiction, I would be much happier about this than if it came off this album that it makes me feel very sad about the future of Arctic Monkeys and if we'll ever be able to look forward to one of their albums again. Um, yeah, but I'll hold out hope. Uh, what's your least favourite track?
0: Uh, select number one, keep going until you hit number eleven.
1: Um, okay, well... Uh, but that
0: fucking front-flipping oh, fucking monster truck hey, fucking dog shit We
1: song. had the same least favourite track as well.
0: Um, Awful. Awful. Pace. Um. Awful. Awful. Yeah, it's can it's I just, actually the worst song I've ever heard. Can I just have
1: a little rant about that song? It's can actually I, the
0: worst song can I've ever heard.
1: Wait. Wait. I need to unlock my laptop because I have, like, a fact. And, like, it's gone to sleep. But I had a fact about the song that I wanted to use as a jumping off point for criticizing the hell out of this song. Okay. So, the refrain in... Okay, it is track number seven and it's called the fir- the world's first ever
0: Monster, monster
1: Truck, truck Flip fla- Blah. Front monster flip. Truck Front Flip or some shit. You know stuff about monster trucks, can mm. they front flip?
0: Um, technically you'll need to strap jets to the back or get a very high talking engine. But technically yes.
1: Yeah, okay. So A they can. So the world's first ever monster truck front flip, like He hears our distressed sounds, and he wants to come and comfort us. He just wants to play. Okay, well, yeah, I don't understand the title of the song, uh, and why it's titled that. Um, Yeah, also, so, the refrain of the song is, you push the button and we'll do the rest. And I found an interesting fact, which is that, you press the button, we do the rest, was an advertising slogan for Kodak in 1888, which is very interesting. However, the use of this slightly reworded slogan in the song makes no fucking sense because like, please excuse our cat, he's scratching on a scratching post. Um, yeah, it makes no sense because, okay, the song is like allegedly about quote, the exotic sound of data storage, but like, As someone who worked as a tech journalist and visited a data center, which was fucking cool by the way, like, I'm pretty sure that data storage is not a one-touch system in the same way that taking a photograph is. Like, I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. And also, like, (laughs) data storage, like, it's really cool, but like, it's not like the most futuristic concept, like, I'm really not sure, like, why you would choose to write a song about this, or like, what, yeah. You know, it just doesn't capture the magic for me. I don't really understand, like, why this exists, and it just feels like a very big misunderstanding of how data storage works, and just kind of a... A very, like, kitschy and ironically retro-futuristic waste of an interesting fact about the Kodak company, really. Um.
0: If you want to see what's wrong with this album, listen to this one song. It's all put together. Annoying, painfully, ear-gorgingly annoying, like, instrumentation, random jittering sounds everywhere, dog shit lyrics. Awful singing style. Just...
1: You know what? You know what I just realised this album sounds like? It Fence sounds it. like one of those clickbaity articles. It sounds like, like some guy we jamming fit...
0: his dick in a meat grinder. It's <laughs> what this album sounds like.
1: No, it, it doesn't sound like that at all. But, okay. It's
0: what it feels like.
1: To you, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... It. This album kind of, like feels like the result of like a clickbaity headline of like we fed a bot a bunch of arctic monkeys lyrics and asked it to write a sci-fi screenplay and like this is what came out because the lyrics like don't make any sense like it, they have some of that like zaniness and they have alex turner's turn of phrase but they they aren't like they don't fit together To make, like, clever, interesting, original ideas in the same way that all those other lyrics do. So, yeah. It also, like, it kind of sounds like someone who doesn't like science fiction and doesn't know very much about science fiction has been, like, assigned the project of writing an album that is science fiction themed. Don't you think? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I've ranted about the track that I really hate. Um,
0: What's next?
1: Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about this album? Fuck
0: this album. <laughs> Fuck this album.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, what's next is an album titled Seven by Beach House. And, you know, I want to say I have good feelings about this and that I look forward to this because I do love Beach House. But Arctic Monkeys has completely destroyed my trust in any of the musicians I love. So, like, is Beach House's album going to be absolute shit? I don't know. I'm kind of, like, I should be looking forward to listening to an album by one of my favorite bands, but I'm not. I'm just kind of, like, yeah, mildly anxious about it.
0: I've got bets on it being dubstep.